Blog Talk Radio. the latest episode of Trundle Bed Tales, and I'm very pleased to tell you tonight's guest is Nancy Westlake, who was uh, one of the main people who put together the Laura Ingalls Wilder uh, teacher student material on the Herbert Hoover uh, Presidential Library website, and I've been wanting her to come on the show for a long time, so I'm so pleased she's finally here. But before we get to her, we've got just a little housekeeping. And our numbers for the show, if you want to call in, it's 714-242-5253. That's 714-242-5253. Or toll-free, 1-877-633-9389. That's 1-877-633-9389. Now, those numbers, you can use both. For listening live and if you want to call in and have a question or, um, or give a comment you can do that on those same numbers you can also stream live we have a chat room open on the website there and if you're catching this or any other episode later you can also download it for free from iTunes and uh, take it with you to go and uh, in the upcoming um, month we have a couple different people that are going to be guests but I don't have dates for you yet so I'm not going to be able to tell you who they are yet but really um, try and get the listen to the April update uh, we always have lots of Laura things going on in April April September well April July September seem to be the biggest Laura month so be sure to catch that and otherwise uh, I think we're about done with our housekeeping for today. And with that, I'm going to go ahead and bring back on the air our guest, Nancy Westlake. Nancy, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Oh, you're welcome. So uh, why don't you go ahead and start off by telling us just a little bit about yourself. Well, I am a children's librarian, and I, well, let's see, I taught for 36 years, 34 of those in the Iowa City school system. I was an elementary school librarian at Helen Lemmy Elementary School in Iowa City, so... And now I'm retired and and doing what I want. (laughs) Well, librarians are always the very best people. Everyone knows that. I'm not biased at all. (laughs) So how did you first become a Laura Ingalls Wilder fan? Oh, I read the books over and over as a child and uh, 
treasured them always. So I was the one who went to the library and checked them out the most, I guess. <laughs> so did, did you um, did you get the books first suggested to you by a librarian from your parents, by a teacher? How did you come across them? No, our library was very tiny. I grew up in a very tiny town in Iowa, and so I read every book I could find in the library and just happened upon <laughs> them by accident. <laughs> well, uh, since you became so interested, have you visited any of the Laura Ingalls Wilder home sites? Several, not all of them. We were planning on it, and my mother got ill, so we didn't get around to all of them. But we did go to the ones in Iowa, including Vinton, and we went to Pepin, and one other one I can't recall. But Desmet we didn't go to, nor Mansfield, nor Kansas. <laughs> and were any of the visits before 85? I'm always looking for people who've gone before 85. Uh, no, they weren't. Uh, ah, spoiled again. Anyway, uh, let's <laughs> go on. Uh, so, do you have a best experience story from visiting one of the home sites? Well, let's see. I really loved Burr Oak and Vinton. We got a tour of the uh, school for the uh, blind, and that was that is there, and we learned how Mary actually went to class and what she learned and some of the objects that she would have touched. And we got to see the, uh, it was the actual admission form that her father had signed, Charles Ingalls. So it was very special. And, of course, now it's closed. Are you going to be at the Vinton pageant then this summer? No, I don't believe I am. My brother and sister-in-law are coming, and so we're going on vacation with them. Oh, well, sadly, you can't do everything. No. <laughs> uh, you said you'd read the books over and over again. Yes. Have you done yes. much original research? Oh, yes. I have gone to the Herbert Hoover Library and done research with the uh, Rose Wilder Lane papers and read some actual letters between Rose and her mother, mother and uh, some other things that we looked at and lots and lots of photos so and I've read many many books about Laura not just the books that she wrote so lots (laughs) and a lot of times people um, say that they feel kind of intimidated by from going over to to Hoover to, to research do you think that it's a really an intimidating thing to do or would you recommend people do that no, all you have to do is go to the library and tell the people at the desk that you want to do research, and they'll take you back to the room and introduce you, and you get a research card and ask what you want, ask for what you want, and they will bring it to you in boxes, and you just spend as much time as you want. No, it's not intimid- intimidating at all. So I've enjoyed it. And now I'm... Uh, reading some letters between Laura or read them between uh, uh, Juliet Lowe and uh, Lou Henry Hoover. So very interesting. I'm back. 
Okay. Sorry about that. It happens once an episode. Um, okay, so uh, uh, you were talking about your experience uh, researching over at Hoover. So how did yes. you get involved with the Herbert Hoover Presidential uh, Library and Museum in the first place? Well, I'd worked with a group of my students on creating a Herbert Hoover web page, and the education uh, specialist had come over, Mary Evans, and the director of the museum came over, Tim Walsh, at that time, and his children, his two boys went to Lemmy, so I knew him and his wife. And so we became involved, and they brought over lots of things for the kids to look at, and so we created a web page, and then uh, that summer, I think it was, Mary Evans had asked if a teacher from Lemmy and I would like to do the web page. And we said yes, not realizing how much work it would be. But that's how. And you actually uh, kind of did some other projects at the Hoover for a while, right? Uh, well, I'm a docent there, so I do... Uh, tours, and I have been involved with what uh, we call ICN classes uh, with Mary Evans, and I have done some reenacting. I portray Mary Todd Lincoln sometimes, uh, so those sorts of things. Lots of fun. And uh, let's see. So you had had sort of gotten involved um, because of the website you were going or that you made about Hoover in working on yes. the Laura one. Did you work on it uh, with other people or was it mostly yourself? Did you have people that you tested parts out on or how did that work? Well, a teacher uh, that I worked with did the art other than the wildflowers. I did those. And then I worked with one of my former students who was then in junior high, and she did uh, went over the photos with me and did all the scanning for me. So that was a huge help. And then uh, she also wrote one section. It was about wash on Mondays, that one. So, yes, I had some help. <laughs> so uh, do you see or did you see as you were creating it, the Laura pages as something uh, primarily designed for teachers to use with students, or were you trying to create something that kids would want to look at on their own? Uh, both. Mainly, though, with for teachers to use with students. But children can go go through it if they want, although I don't know how many of them do. On uh, one part of the web page is about Laura's pioneer journey, and it lists the places Laura lived. Did you take special trips to some of the home sites to get the pictures for that or to do any research, or were you kind of using your previous experiences? No, what I did was I uh, actually found the pictures on their web page and asked if I could use them, and Leslie uh, Kelly had done a wonderful book on Laura Ingalls Wilder, a book of photos. So I asked him, and he said, certainly, I could use some. And then I took some myself. And, of course, we went to Living History Farms in Des Moines, and I took some there. 
and Mary Evans' son had taken some of the prairie, so she said I could use his. So it's kind of a conglomeration of stuff. It uh, seemed like you had kind of a special focus. There was uh, a special section on learning about the Smet, South Dakota, uh, when Laura lived there in the 1880s. Why did you pick Smet to be focused on? Well, we were kind of focusing on uh, the westward movement and pioneers, and we thought that would show how a town actually uh, became a town and uh, evolved into a bigger town. And so we thought that would be a perfect way of showing kids that aspect of it. Uh, well, she certainly does see like the whole town as it goes through its stages. Yes, I had also read a book by uh, John Miller called Laura Ingalls Wilder's Little Town. And in it there was the map of, that Laura had drawn of the Smet to remind herself of places and there was a better map, and so I had Dave draw a map with uh, some of the places on it that we wanted to talk about, and uh, that's how that evolved. Just don't ask me. <laughs> it's been a while ago now. So was there something you wanted to know about Desmet that you could include that, that you couldn't find? Uh, no, there wasn't. There's quite a bit of information. The book, as I said, well, is a good one. And I visited well, this site. This man always holds a special place in my heart. I really think it's the, you know, they, <laughs> the official Disneyland thing is that they uh-huh. are the happiest place on earth. But I think Desmet, South Dakota, may really deserve the title. It's always one of my very favorite home sites to visit. Well, then I guess I better get there, hadn't I? (laughs) (laughs) So, um, when you were working on the website, as you mentioned, a lot of the, the photos that you used are sort of representative things that Laura knew, like, uh, prairie flowers or, or, aprons or whatever, um, but you, uh, and they're credited to other individuals or museums. Did you got, get a lot of cooperation? Were people willing to help with the project? Oh, yes, very willing they were when I explained who I was doing it for and what reason. And so I had no problem getting permission to use photos uh, or anything else. So I was very pleased with that. It took... Hours and hours, in fact, it took a year and two summers to complete it. So it was a lot of work. <laughs> that may not look like it, but it was. Yeah. No, it looked very well done. So there are, are lots of other photos included on the pages that are from the Lane Wilder Papers and the Herbert Hoover Presidential Library. Yes. Did you have a, a lot of fun with those? It, it looked like you did. Oh, yes, and later on I got to help Mary Evans go through some more, and it's just like a treasure trove. You wouldn't believe all of the photos that are there and uh, some that the public doesn't see. So it's well worth a trip if you're interested. Uh, And some of them are online, I believe, now. So you could try it at least. (laughs) 
And uh, there are 13 boxes of papers that make up the Wilder Lane papers. But there, and that's what the finding aid focuses on. But there actually are other collections as well, right? The photos, I mean, just uh, a lot of the photos aren't part of that 13 boxes. Uh, you mean about Laura? Or about other, yeah. about Herbert Hoover and yeah, so on? Of Laura one, of, of uh, the Laura photos. We looked at from the Laura Ingalls Wilder. Uh, from in within the boxes, and some of the material was pulled for us, and we didn't really ask where they came from, so I can't answer that. One of the activities you have is a digital pioneer counting book, which which I just really love. I I think that the concept itself is just really clever. I like how the pages turn. I like the photos and images you have to illustrate it. Where did the idea for that come from? Well, I'm a children's librarian, and there are lots of counting books for young children. So I thought, well, that would be a fun thing to do. And I decided to do just 10. And so I took the photos and wrote the material for that myself. And I planned to do an ABC book, but uh, I ran out of time. So... Being a librarian, you have ideas of counting books and ABC books all the time. <laughs> the kids have done counting books, too, for me on various projects. So that's how that all well, I always thought it would, I always thought it would make a great paper book, too. I just really love it. That's probably my favorite part of, of oh. that whole part of the website is, is that counting book. It's just really very lovely. Well, that's nice. Thank you. On uh, the website, there's also a series of crafts. There's building a paper pioneer town, cousin Ed straw hat, and grandma Minnie's sunbonnet, among others. Now, I've seen a lot of teachers that are still using Laura in the classroom use these crafts. Uh, are these things that you developed yourself, or were they ideas that you got from other people, or how did those uh, crafts come about? Well, I got the ideas from other people mainly, and I did have the kids build the Pioneer Town. And Cousin Ed, cousin Ed's straw hat and uh, Grandma Minnie's sunbonnet idea came from Mary Evans. And so I had my friend Dave and my colleague Dave uh, draw the, the, the Pioneer Town uh, pattern and then also the hat and the sunbonnet. So the seed packet idea was one that I'd done with a group of science kids, uh, and so I just sort of adapted that. Well, I especially liked that, that you included the, the Cousin Ed straw hat because a lot of things have, you know, some kind of sunbonnet motif or yes. different ideas on how to do a craft, but to have the, the something for both the boys and the girls, I thought yeah. was really yeah. nice. And the straw hat was just very cleverly constructed. Uh, I think that, uh, I think with the directions there, anybody could do that. So I think that would be a great thing for people to know about, especially if they're trying to dress up their own little farmer boy and, you know, without having a lot of money invested in it. Yeah, right. <laughs> 
Did you um, experiment with the crafts a lot with students? Did you like take them out and have classes or kids try them or did you uh, or was it mostly you just came up with the idea and then did the steps? Uh, the Pioneer Town we experimented with and the seed packet, the hat and the sunbonnet we didn't, mainly because we ran out of time and this was kind of a last-minute thing. Uh, and uh, besides the, the websites, you were also involved doing several Laura Ingalls Wilder distant education classes through the ICN. And for people who are from out of state, that is uh, a state-run uh, program that lets people um, communicate through two-way communication with video and sound uh, in specially equipped rooms across the state. And we, most, a lot of schools will have at least one ICN room, and so people can come in and give speeches across distances and to multiple schools at once. So. How was uh, being involved in something like that for you? Was was it more overwhelming having to talk to people over a distance than it was talking to students in the classroom? Was it more of a challenge? No, it wasn't. It was a lot of fun, uh, a little bit different, but we could hear the children and see them, and they could see us. So, And we weren't in charge. The teacher was in charge. So occasionally the kids would act up a little bit and... Mary, who was actually doing the class, I was just helping, uh, would caution them that they needed to be quiet, and they usually settled right down, so that wasn't a problem. Uh, we did really enjoy doing it, though. We won't be doing any more since she's retired. Well, it, I, I think it's, it's too bad. I think lots of people not on the ICN system would have enjoyed doing it, uh, being able to, to see and participate in that. Uh, did, were there a lot of kids who would be in a single um, uh, presentation for that? I mean, you, you were reaching out to multiple schools, right? Yes. Uh, the Laura Ingalls Wilder uh, classes or sessions we had were the most popular and we would sometimes have five and six schools tuned in, so that would be five and six classrooms at a time. And Mary did very well with that. She's a re she uh, was a teacher, too, so we had a wonderful time with that. There were other things we did, such as presidents, Herbert Hoover, the White House, and uh, that sort of thing. So... I, I know you you still do some um, work with the uh, public library in your town, and uh, you had been doing these classes before uh, the position turned over at Hoover. So a question that I get asked a lot is, did you find that students were still interested in Laura? So, Oh, yes, very much uh, so. I had... Uh... Many of them had read at least one of the books, although when I ask children, when I do tours at Hoover, I always ask the children when we're talking about Herbert Hoover's early life, and I compare that a little bit to being a pioneer like Laura Ingalls Wilder, and I ask if they've read the books, and most of them have not. 
So I don't know what that indicates exactly. <laughs> uh, there's still some who really love the books, true. And I don't know what you found, but that's what I've found lately, unfortunately. Uh, were the students you worked with very um, interactive? Did they ask a lot of questions? Or uh, did, or, or um, did they show interest other ways? They asked quite a few questions. Mary had some uh, objects she would show them, uh, antiques, and they would uh, guess what they were, and she had other ways for them to interact uh, so that they were always involved, yes. And uh, as someone who's been a, a Laura fan for quite a while, have you uh, have you or do you have a collection of Laura materials of your own? I have mostly books. I have a couple dolls, but mostly books since I'm a librarian. I have a lot of those. So other than books, not so much. And um, I, I ha there's going to be... Uh, if, if things work out. Now, I, I really... I, I honestly have kind of given up a little bit because the first time I heard anybody say the Pioneer Girl was going to be definitely, absolutely released was in 1984. Oh. And I have been waiting ever since. And it's going to be 30 years this summer. And finally, oh after 30 years, it is supposed to be coming out sometime this year if everything goes right. And one of the things that's, that's in the Hoover Papers is the Pioneer Girl. So are, are you uh, excited about seeing that finally come out to print? Yes, I will, of course, buy a, my own copy. Uh, yes, I am. Finally. <laughs> and a lot of times, I, I mean, you've worked with the, the Laura papers quite a bit and the pioneer girl you know is part of of that if there was something else that was in the papers that hasn't been you know published yet what would you think would be the most interesting thing that people would want to see well, i think they'd like to see a lot of the photos and a lot of the letters between rose and her mother and that sort of thing. Uh, there's a lot there. Rose has a diary there that might be in, of interest. Uh, just, I don't know, there are all sorts of things that would probably be of interest to someone who's interested in Laura Ingalls Wilder. So, if, uh, another question that I get, get asked a lot is, what is my favorite one of the Little House books. Do you have a favorite? Well, I have two. I'd have to, I don't know that I could choose. On the Banks of Plum Creek and the Long Winter. And why why are those your why do you pick those? 
Well, on the I've always enjoyed Nellie Olson and <laughs> that all of that and going to school. And uh, then I've enjoyed the long winter because it's such a it's a it has more of a problem in it, you know, trying to it's a survival book in the way. And I've always liked that. How they survived that winter and what they did. Well, I always I always have a hard time answering because when I was growing up, one of it, my favorite book was always the one that was closest to uh, Laura's, where Laura's age was closest to mine. And oh. sadly, of course, now I have aged out of the series, so I don't have that as a as a guidepost anymore. But no. Um, and I tend to think of them, you know, sort of really as one multi-volume story rather than individual books. But um, I, I think that, that you identified I, two of, of the ones that I think if I was forced to pick out, those would probably be on, on my list too. I, I think a lot of really interesting uh, sort of set stories are in On the Banks of Foam Creek. There's a lot yeah. of things that, you know, they're good individual stories that you can, you know, cherry pick out that um, it's just it's just well put together that way. There's a lot of really, um, really kind of snapshot uh, pieces of life things in that one. And I, and I really like that and the feeling you get of the town and all that. And then Long Winter... I kind of like it different for a different reason than than most people I talk to like it. A lot of times, I hear people talk about you know the the theme and the survival and all that. And what is my favorite thing about it is the book design. I just think it is so clever how they worked the Garth Williams uh, illustrations in there. I mean, it, it, if you really look at it, and I think this was as much the, the book designer, Helen Gentry, as it was Garth Williams, but even these little small pictures that he did. So you start out um, with a butterfly, and then as the weather gets worse, you have all these snowflakes, and it starts with one snowflake. And then there's multiple snowflakes on the page. And then the snowflakes are running off of the page because they're coming out at you and you're you know, surrounded by the snow, and then at the very end, there's a butterfly again, and it's just, it's just so cleverly designed. I mean, it's just a thing of beauty. I can just sit there and look at the pictures and how they connect together over and over again. I mean, it's just beautifully done. So, yeah, I, I think those are two of the, the top books too. Although I, I really do have a, a hard time picking a favorite. I mean, it's really. You know, it's sort of like asking somebody to pick one of their children and say it's the favorite. It's, it's, it's a challenge. So I want to take just a minute here and remind everybody, if you want to call in, you can do that at 714-242-5253. That's 714-242-5253 or toll free 1-877-633-9383. Nine three eight nine. That's toll free one eight seven seven six three three nine three eight nine. And Nancy, uh, if you 
um, if you had something that during your research you thought was, what do you think was the most surprising thing that you have found about Laura or Rose? Well, I didn't know that Rose had actually helped write the books, and I didn't know, you know, that she had made changes in some of the books. And so that whole relationship between Rose and her mother is interesting, I think. Uh, that, I think, would be the most interesting thing. What uh, would would you say, from having looked at, at the papers, do you have an opinion in the um, edited versus ghost-written debate? Do I have an opinion? Well, I did read Ghost in the Little House. <laughs> uh, do I have an opinion? I do think Rose helped her mother quite a bit edit the books and uh, maybe help her with the writing part of it. I do think she probably did that. I don't know what you think. <laughs> well, it's, it's always interesting to hear people who have seen the original papers. I think that um, you, you, a lot of times people are given opinions without having actually seen the draft. So I always like to ask people who've actually seen them uh, what they think. So if, um, do you have any Laura Ingalls Wilder plans for the future? You said you were in your retirement now and doing what you like. Do you, is there anything that you want to do yet or find out or research or travel to that you haven't yet? Well, I'd like to go to the Smet, uh Mansfield would be interesting, too, and I've not gone to either of those. So possibly in the future, I will be able to do that. Well, that's good. And have you, I, I find that a lot of times people who are Laura fans have converted other people in their family or that they know. Have you made any any converts? <laughs> no, I'm afraid I haven't. <laughs> I have one son who's in his almost 40, and he he didn't like Laura Ingalls Wilder. He was Star Wars and that sort of thing. <laughs> but uh, some of the children at school I have who had not read her books. So many of them have their – I found out many of them, um, their parents had purchased all the set for them, and they had read the books. So – but well, since I retired good. in 2002, go ahead. Since I retired in well, 2002, I'm not sure about kids. Well, uh, do you hope that uh, people will keep using the, the crafts and the ideas on the Hoover site for as long as it's up? Because I really do think you have impacted a lot of classrooms across the country. I've I have heard from lots of teachers that have used those crafts and activities in their classrooms. Yes, it could use some updating. I was reading through it this morning, and it does need updating. Uh, I could perhaps suggest that to the new activity, uh, the, the new education director at Hoover, 
and see what she says. But uh, just some touching up well, here I and there, I think help. Well, I, I do think people use it a lot, but and people are always interested in something new and something more. So I think that would be absolutely great. Well, I think, you know, it's it's uh, a little bit early, but I think we had already gotten through all of my questions already. You are just too quick answering. So, <laughs> Well, I looked at the questions. You, I knew what I had to say here. <laughs> So did you have um, anything else that you wanted to, to share with people, a, a favorite Laura-related story or a quote or anything like that or anything that we didn't get to that, that you wanted to share? Well, just that I had such a lot of fun doing the ICN classes with Mary, and I learned a lot. We did a power, She did a PowerPoint presentation with the kids, and she had used videos and real objects, so if you're teachers, you might want to do that, not just lecture to the kids or talk to the kids, but let them do some things too. And I always taught that way myself. Uh, we did not have a quiet library, so I think kids need to be involved somehow, and then they'll remember better. I think they will, too. I got to uh, sit in on one of those classes and uh, get to, to watch them do it live. And uh, um, Nancy and, and Mary Evans, who was the educational coordinator at Hoover at the time, uh, just did a real nice job. And I think that uh, all the kids who participated in that will definitely remember it and make a, a connection to Laura. So I think you can be very proud of the work that, that you did with Laura and helping spread the word. Well, thank you. <laughs> uh, and did did you have anything else or are you no, about... No, just everybody oh. uh, who's listening, read the books. And if you have grandchildren or children of your own, read them aloud to them and then I think they will grow to like them, too. Well, I, I think you're exactly right, and I want to thank you for coming on, and thank you for, for coming up with those great activities, because I think that uh, people... Uh, they, uh, you know... All Thank you for coming on and for all that, that you've done, Nancy. Yes. Yeah, I made her speechless. <laughs> okay. That's right. Well, well, goodbye, everyone. And uh, I don't know where you are in the world, but uh, it's uh, nighttime here. <laughs> so ever happy reading. Grab a book, and a Laura Ingalls Wilder book, and start reading. <laughs> okay, well... Thank you very much, Nancy, and everybody who listened to the program today, and I hope that you will join us next time for another episode of Trundlebed Tales.
Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.